THE LITTLE FLOWERS OF ST. FRANCIS CHAPTER Twenty. OF A BEAUTIFUL VISION WHICH APPEARED TO A YOUNG MAN WHO SO HATED THE HABIT OF ST. FRANCIS THAT HE WAS ON THE POINT OF LEAVING THE ORDER. A YOUNG MAN, OF NOBLE BIRTH AND OF DELICATE HABITS, WHO HAD ENTERED THE ORDER OF ST. FRANCIS, WAS SEIZED AFTER A FEW DAYS, THROUGH THE DEVIL'S SUGGESTIONS, WITH A VIOLENT DISLIKE TO THE DRESS OF THE FRIAR'S MINOR. HE HATED THE SHAPE OF THE SLEEVES, he felt a horror for the cowl and for the length of the garment and the coarseness of the material so that it seemed to him as if he carried about him an insupportable weight and disliking the order more and more he decided to leave it and return to the world it was the custom of this young man at whatever hour he passed before the altar in the convent where the blessed sacrament was reserved to kneel down with great respect and covering his head with his hood and crossing his arms on his chest to prostrate himself as he had been taught to do by the master of novices it so happened that that night when he had made up his mind to leave the convent he passed before the altar and kneeling down prostrated himself to the ground and being ravished in the spirit the lord sent him a most wonderful vision he saw before him a great multitude of saints, ranged in procession, two by two, clothed in vestments, made of the most precious materials. Their faces and their hands shone like the sun. They sang as they walked to the sound of celestial music. Two of them were more nobly and more richly dressed than the rest, and the surrounded by such a blaze of light that none could look on them without being dazzled. At the end of the procession was one so gloriously adorned that he seemed to be more favored than the others. Now the young man, seeing such a beautiful procession, was struck with wonder, and endeavored to guess the meaning of the vision. He dared not ask, and seemed struck dumb with amazement. The procession, having passed away, he took courage, and addressing himself to those who were in the rear, he said, O oh, beloved, I pray you, tell me, who are those wonderful beings who formed this venerable procession? They answered, O oh, my son, that we are all Friar Minor, who are come from the glories of paradise, and those two who shine forth brighter than the rest are St. Francis and St. Anthony. The last one you saw, so especially honored, is a holy monk, lately dead, who having fought with courage against temptation, and having persevered to the end, we lead in triumph to the glories of paradise, and these splendid vestments which adorn us have been given to us by God in exchange for the coarse tunic we wore with so much patience in religion, and the glorious light which shines upon us has been given in reward for the humility, the holy poverty, the obedience, and the chastity we have observed to the end of our lives now my son do not find the robe of religion so rough to wear for if clothed in the sackcloth of saint francis and out of love to christ thou dost despise the world and mortify thy flesh and fight valiantly against the devil thou too shalt receive these splendid vestments and shine with a glorious light on hearing these words the young man came to his senses and feeling himself much strengthened he put far from him all temptations to leave the order 
confessed his sin to the guardian and to the brothers, and from that moment dearly loved the coarse vestment of St. Francis and the severity of penance, and ended his life in the order, a great example of sanctity. Chapter 21 Of the Most Holy Miracle of St. Francis in Taming the Fierce Wolf of Agabio At the time when St. Francis was living in the city of Agabio, a large wolf appeared in the environs, so terrible and so fierce, that he not only devoured other animals, but made a prey of men. And as he often approached the town, all the people were in great alarm, and never went out but armed, as if they were going to battle. Notwithstanding these precautions, if any of the inhabitants ever met him alone, he was sure to be devoured, as all defense was useless, and out of fear of the wolf they did not dare go beyond the city walls. St. Francis, feeling great compassion for the people of Agabio, resolved to go and meet the wolf, though all advised him not to do so. Making the holy sign of the cross and putting all his confidence in God, he went out of the city, taking his brothers with him. But these fearing to go any farther, St. Francis bent his steps alone towards the spot where the wolf was known to be, and many people followed at a distance and witnessed the miracle. The wolf, seeing all this multitude, ran towards St. Francis with his jaws wide open. As he approached, the saint, making the sign of the cross, cried out, Come hither, brother wolf, I command thee, in the name of Christ, neither to harm me nor anybody else. And, O oh, miracle! No sooner had St. Francis made the sign of the cross than the terrible wolf closed his jaws, stopped running, and coming up to St. Francis lay down at his feet, as meekly as a lamb. And the saint addressed him, Brother Wolf, thou hast done much evil in this land, destroying and killing the creatures of God without his permission. Thou hast not only destroyed animals, but thou hast dared devour even men, made after the image of God, for which thing thou art worthy of being hung like a robber and murdered. All men cry against thee, the dogs pursue thee, and all the inhabitants of this city are thy enemies. But I will, O brother wolf, make peace between them and thee, so that thou not, so that thou no more offend them, and they forgive thee all thy past offenses, and neither men nor dogs pursue thee any more. Having listened to the words, the wolf bowed his head, and by the movements of his body and his tail and of his eyes made the sign that he agreed to what St. Francis said. And St. Francis added, As thou art willing to make this peace, I promise thee that thou shalt be fed every day by the inhabitants of this land, as long as thou shalt live among them. Thou shalt no longer suffer hunger, as it is hunger which had made thee do such evil things. But if I obtain all this for thee, thou must promise on thy side never again to attack any animal or any human being. Dost thou make this promise? And the wolf, bowing his head, made a sign that he consented. St. Francis said again, Brother wolf, wilt thou pledge thy faith that I may trust thee this promise? And St. Francis put out his hand to receive the pledge of the wolf, 
and the latter lifted up his right paw and placed it in familiarity in the hand of St. Francis, giving him thereby the only pledge which was in his power. And St. Francis, addressing him again, said, Brother Wolf, I command thee in the name of Christ to follow me immediately, without hesitation or doubting, that we may go together to ratify this peace which we have concluded in the name of God. And the wolf obeying him walked by his side and meekly as a lamb to the great astonishment of all the people. The news of this most wonderful miracle spread quickly through the town, and all the inhabitants, both men and women, small and great, young and old, flocked to the marketplace to see St. Francis and the wolf. All the people being assembled, the saint got up to preach, saying, Amongst other things, how for our sins God permits such calamities, and how much greater and more dangerous are the flames of hell, which last forever, than the rage of the wolf, which can only kill the body, and how much we ought to dread the jaws of hell. If jaws of so small an animal as a wolf can make a whole city tremble through fear, the sermon being ended, St. Francis added these words, Listen, my brethren, the wolf which is here before you has promised and pledged his faith that he consents to make peace with you all, and no more offend you in aught, and you must promise to give him each day his necessary food, to which, if you consent, I promise in his name that he will most faithfully observe the compact. Then all the people promised with one voice to feed the wolf to the end of his days, and St. Francis, addressing the latter, said again, And thou, brother wolf, dost thou promise to keep the compact and never again to offend either man nor beast, or any other creature? And the wolf knelt down, bowed his head, and by the motion of his tail and of his eye and of his ears, endeavored to show that he was willing as far as was in his power, to hold to the contract. And St. Francis continued, Brother Wolf, as thou gavest me a pledge of this thy promise, when we were outside the town, so now I will that thou renew it in the sight of all these people, and assure me that I have done well to promise in thy name. And the wolf lifted up his paw and placed it in the hand of St. Francis. Now this event caused great joy in all the people, and great devotion towards St. Francis, both because of the novelty of the miracle and because of the peace which had been concluded with the wolf. And they lifted up their voices to heaven, and praising and blessing God, who had sent them St. Francis, through whose merits they had been delivered from such a savage beast. The wolf lived two years at Agabio. He went familiarly from door to door without harming anyone, and all the people received him courteously and fed him with great pleasure, and no dog barked at him, and he went as he went about. At last, after two years, he died of old age, and the people of Agabio felt his loss greatly, for when they saw him going about so tamely, Amongst them all, it reminded them of the virtue and sanctity of St. Francis. Chapter 22 The Story of How St. Francis Tamed the Wild Doves 
a young man, having one day caught a great number of doves, as he was going to sell them, he met St. Francis, who always felt a great compassion for such gentle animals, and looking at the doves with eyes of pity, he said to the young man, O oh, good young man, I entreat thee to give me those harmless birds, emblems in scripture of humble, pure, and faithful souls, so that they do not fall into cruel hands, which would put them to death. And the young man, inspired by God, gave them immediately to St. Francis, who placed them in his bosom, and addressed them thus, saying, saying sweetly, O oh, my little sisters, the doves, so simple, so innocent, and so chaste, why do you allow yourselves to be caught? I will save you from death, and make you nests, that you may increase and multiply according to the command of God. And St. Francis made nests for them all, and they began to lay their eggs, and hatch them in the presence of the brothers, and were as familiar and as tame with St. Francis as the monks, as if they had been hens brought up amongst them. And never did they go away until St. Francis had given them his blessing. And St. Francis said to the young man who had given them to him, My son, thou shalt become a monk in this order. Thou shalt serve most fervently the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was, for the young man became a monk and lived in the order most holily. Chapter 23 How St. Francis delivered the brother who, being in sin, had fallen into the power of the devil. St. Francis, being one day in the prayer in the convent of Porziuncula, saw by revelation of God that all the convent was surrounded and besieged by devils, as by a great army. But none could penetrate into the convent, because the brothers were so holy that the demons could not enter into them. They remained, however, on the watch, and one day one of the brothers, having been offended by another, thought in his heart how he could accuse and do him harm. Having yielded to this evil thought, the devil, seeing a way open to him, entered the convent and took possession of the brother. St. Francis, like a vigilant pastor, ever watching over his flock, seeing that the wolf had entered in to devour all the lambs, called the brother and commanded him to confess immediately the hatred he had nourished in his heart towards his neighbor, and which had caused him to fall into the power of the enemy. The brother, much alarmed and seeing that his saintly father had penetrated into his deepest thoughts, confessed the evil feeling which had entered into his heart, and humbly asked for mercy and for penance. When he had done so, and been absolved of his sin, and accepted his penance, St. Francis saw the devil go away, and the brother being fet, freed from such a cruel monster through the charity of his good shepherd, thanked God, and returned to the little flock of the saintly pastor, corrected and strengthened, and lived afterwards in great sanctity. Chapter 24 how St. Francis converted to the faith the Sultan of Babylon. St. Francis, urged by zeal for the faith of Christ and by a wish to suffer martyrdom, took with him twelve of his most holy brothers and went one day beyond the sea with the intention of going straight to the Sultan of Babylon. They arrived in a province belonging to the, Sult 
to the Sarsens, where all that passed were guarded by men so cruel that none of the Christians who went that way could escape being put to death. Now it pleased God that St. Francis and his companions should not meet with the same fate, but they were taken prisoner, and having been bound and ill-treated, were led before the Sultan. St. Francis stood before him, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, he preached most divinely the faith of Christ, and to prove the truth of what he said, professed himself ready to enter into the fire. Now the Sultan began to feel a great devotion toward him, both because of the constancy of his faith, and because he despised the things of this world, for he had refused to accept any of the presents which he had offered him, and also of his ardent wish to suffer martyrdom. From that moment he listened to him willingly, and begged him to come back often, giving him both his companions leave to preach wherever they pleased. He likewise gave them a sign of his protection, which would preserve them from all molestation. At last St. Francis, seeing that he could do no more good in these parts, was warned by God to return with all his brothers to the land of the faithful. Having assembled his companions, they went together to the sultan to take leave of him, and the sultan said to them, Brother Francis, most willingly would I be converted to the faith of Christ, but I fear to do so now, for the people knew it, and they would kill both me and thee, all thy companions. As thou mayest still do much good, I have certain affairs of great importance to conclude. I will not at present be the cause of thy death and of mine, but teach me how I can be saved, and I am ready to do as thou shalt order. And St. Francis answered, My Lord, I will take leave of thee for the present, but after I have returned to my own country, then I shall be dead and gone to heaven by the grace of God, and I will send thee two of my monks, who will administer to thee the holy baptism of Christ, and thou shalt be saved, as the Lord Jesus has revealed to me, to me. and thou in the meantime shalt free thyself from every hindrance, so that, when the grace of God arrives, thou be found well disposed to the faith and devotion. The sultan promised so to do, and did as he had promised. St. Francis returned to the venerable college of his saintly brethren, and after a few years ending his mortal life, he gave up his soul to God. The sultan, having fallen ill, awaited the fulfillment of the promise of St. Francis, and placed guards in all the passes, ordering them, if they met two brothers in the habit of St. Francis, to conduct them immediately to him. At the same time St. Francis appeared to two of his monks, and ordered them without delay to go to the sultan and save his soul, according to the promise he had made him. The monks set out, and having crossed the sea, were conducted to the sultan by the guards he had sent them to meet. The sultan, when he saw them arrived, rejoiced greatly and exclaimed, now I know of a truth that God has sent his servants to save my soul, according to the promise which St. Francis made me through divine revelation. Having received the faith of Christ and holy baptism from the brothers, 
He was regenerated in the Lord Jesus Christ, and having died of his diseases, his soul was saved through the merits and prayers of St. Francis. Chapter 25 How St. Francis Healed Miraculously a Leper, Both His Body and His Soul, and What the Soul Said to Him on Going Up to Heaven. The true disciple of Christ, St. Francis, as long as he lived in this miserable life, endeavored with all his might to follow the example of Christ the perfect Master, whence it happened often, through the operation of grace, that he healed the souls at the same time as the body, as we read that Jesus Christ did, and not only he willingly served the lepers himself, but he willed that all the brothers of the order, both when they were traveling about the world and when they were halting on their way, should serve the lepers for the love of Christ, who was for our sake willing to be treated as a leper. It happened once that in a convent near the one which St. Francis then resided, there was a hospital for leprosy and other infirmities served by the brothers, and one of the patients was a leper so impatient, so insupportable, and so insolent that many believed of a certainty, and so it was, that he was possessed of the devil, for the ill-treated with blows and words all those who served him, and what was worse, he blasphemed so dreadfully our blessed Lord and his most holy mother, the blessed Virgin Mary, that none was found who could or would serve him. The brothers, in order to gain merit, endeavored to accept with patience the injuries and violence committed against them, but their consciences would not allow them to submit to those addressed to Jesus Christ and his mother, and they determined to abandon this leper, but would not do so until they, sig they signified their intention according to the rule of St. Francis. Having done so, St. Francis visited himself this perverse leper, and said to him, May God give thee peace, my beloved brother. And the leper answered, What peace can I look for from God, who hast taken from me the peace and every other blessing, and made me putrid and disgusting object? And St. Francis answered, My son, be patient, for the infirmities of thy body are given by God in this world for the salvation of the soul in the next, and there is great merit to them when they are patiently endured. The sick man answered, How can I bear patiently the pain which afflicts me this night and day? And not only am I greatly afflicted by my infirmities, but the monks thou hast sent to serve me make it even worse, for they do not serve me as they ought. Then St. Francis, knowing through divine revelation that the leper was possessed by the malignant spirit, began to pray, and prayed most earnestly for him. Having finished, he returned to the leper and said to him, My son, I myself will serve thee, as thou art not satisfied with the others. Willingly, answered the leper, but what canst thou do more than they have done? Whatsoever thou wishest, I will do for thee, answered St. Francis. I will that thou wash me all over, for I am disgusting, and I cannot bear myself. Then St. Francis heated some water, from which he put a great many good-smelling herbs. He then undressed him and began to wash him 
with his own hands, whilst another brother threw the water upon him, and by a divine miracle, wherever St. Francis touched him, with his holy hands the leprosy disappeared, and his flesh was perfectly healed. As his body began to be healed, so likewise his soul was healed also, and the leper, seeing the leprosy beginning to disappear, felt a great sorrow and repentance for his sins, and began to weep bitterly. Whilst his body was being purified externally of the leprosy through the cleansing of the water, so the soul internally was purified from sin, and by the washing of tears and repentance. Feeling himself completely healed, both his body and his soul, he humbly confessed his sins, crying out in a loud voice with many tears, Unhappy me! I am worthy of hell for the wickedness of my conduct and of the condition that I put the brothers through, for the impatience and blasphemy I have uttered against the Lord. And for fifteen days he never ceased to weep bitterly for his sins, imploring the Lord to have mercy on him, and made a general confession to the priest. St. Francis, perceiving this evident miracle which the Lord had enabled him to work, returned thanks to God and set out for a distant country, for out of humility he wished to avoid all glory, and in all his actions he sought only the glory of God and not his own. It pleased God that the leper, who had been healed both in body and in soul, after having done penance for fifteen days, should fall ill of another infirmity, and having received the sacraments of the church, he died most holily. His soul on its way to heaven appeared in the air to St. Francis, who was praying in a forest, and said to him, Dost thou know me? Who art thou? asked the saint. I am the leper whom our Lord healed through thy merits, and to-day I am going to life eternal, for which I return thanks to God and to thee. Blessed be thy soul and thy body, blessed be thy holy words and works. For through thee many souls are saved in the world, and know that there is not a single day in which the angels and other saints do not return thanks to God for the holy fruits of thy preaching and that of the order in various parts of the world. Be comforted, then, and thank the Lord, and may his blessings rest on thee. Having said these words, he went up to heaven, and St. Francis was much consoled.